Hi there, this is Matt Wakeling from Sydney, Australia, and you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. Now today I'll speak to fantastic Australian guitar player Chris Camzelis. Chris is a highly respected sideman with heaps of high-profile gigs. He's played alongside uh, people like Tina Arena, Adam Brand, Ronan Keating, just to name a few. He's played on countless album sessions, and he's also appeared on some high-pressure live TV gigs like The Voice and Australian Idol. Now, Chris is really well-respected and always busy, always working, so I was very excited to hear that he managed to find time to produce his debut solo EP. Chris not only played all the great guitar parts, but wrote all the material and stepped up front as the lead vocalist. And man, I tell you, he did an excellent job on all fronts. We get into the nitty gritty of writing and producing the album. We talk about all the guitar stuff you would possibly want to know about it. And we go back and find out about Chris's development. Now, the EP is yet to be released. It's yet to be named, as we'll find out. But Chris has released two singles from it already. The track, Four For You, which you're listening to right now, and also the song, Knocking At My Door. But stick around, because we're going to listen to some exclusive, never-before-heard parts of the EP with Chris's fantastic playing, writing, singing. All right, I can sense a guitar solo coming on, so I'm going to stop talking. We're going to listen to a bit more of Chris's fantastic playing, and then we'll get straight into the interview. Good to be. <laughs> it's great to have yeah, you. Thanks. Last time we spoke, um, we spoke really briefly. It must have been um, sort of mid last year, I guess, leading up to the Gary Moore gig. Um, so it's great yeah. to have you on to talk about your career in a broader sense. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a fair while ago. Yeah, and that was a great gig, by the way. I know we've we've chatted briefly after that. I think on on uh, over Facebook or something. But man, you killed it. I loved I loved hearing you open up. That, that oh, gig. thanks. It was, um, it's always nerve wracking, you know, when there's a whole bunch of guitar players on one gig, you know, uh-huh. and, and I, and I sort of, I chose to sing my songs and, and one of them was a real difficult one. <laughs> was, was that the, uh, was that the slow tune? The, um, the blues? No, uh, well, yeah, I sang both of them, but, yeah. um, it was Shapes of Things. Oh, okay. The, uh, more, Gary the Moore rock does tune. A, yeah. Yeah. And he's really up there when he's singing. So yeah. it's like, 
you got to be ready for it. Yeah, man. That was yeah. great. Loved it. Loved it. You're playing in your tones and singing the oh, whole thing. Thanks. It was such a good Thank night. Thank you. Yeah, did, it was. When did you start playing guitar in the first place, Chris? Um, I started when I was 12. Uh-huh. Picked up the guitar. Yeah. And, uh, and originally I wanted to play drums. Um, okay. I was, I was right into, um, like the first thing I ever got into, because I had an older brother, I've got an older brother. He's uh, four years older than me, and um, he would introduce me to all these bands. So, you know, I'd hear of everything through him first. Okay, that's you know, cool. At a young age, like yep. before I started playing. So, you know, we'll listen to The Police and ACDC and Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, you know. So, that, you know, there was a lot of air guitar going on and <laughs> air drumming before I actually picked up the, <laughs> you know, the instrument. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I've got a brother who's six years older, and um, I definitely – got introduced to a lot of cool stuff through his record collection too. So I like that idea that, you know, your family's kind of passing on stuff. That's that's cool. Yeah, and and he's really passionate about music. He doesn't play. Uh-huh. He wanted to play bass, but um, he's really passionate. So he would really go searching for albums. I'd, I'd get to hear everything that's know, cool, first. Yeah. Like as soon as the, you know, the freshest stuff would come out, you know, in the 80s and right. it was cool, yeah. Great. So when you started playing, what kind of stuff were you, were you learning? Um, I, was, I, I started lessons. So, you know, the usual Mel Bay method yep. one thing. Yeah, cool. And I, I wasn't practicing, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd ask my teacher, you know, can I learn a Richie Blackmore riff? And, and you know, and uh, he was like, no, you got, you know, you got to learn this stuff first. And which was sort of um it, it led me to sort of um force me to listen and uh work out things by ear you know okay yep because because he wasn't showing it to me so i thought let me just listen over and over and try work this stuff out and you know a lot of it was wrong like i'd work it out and, and you know you'd come back two weeks later and you, you'd you'd find your ear was improving slowly you yeah, know when you'd awesome. Go back to that, you know, certain riff you worked out, or yeah. you know, you pick the the notes that you got wrong the first time around, you know. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, so, that's exciting that that phase. So, yeah, so it's mostly like self taught to uh-huh. start with. Yeah. Was there yeah. a particular song or riff or something that I don't know that was a real breakthrough that you you still remember now, learning it and thinking, oh, okay, I'm getting somewhere here. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, well, I can't remember the song, but it was the Judas Priest <laughs> okay. melody, you know, metal, melody line. Yeah, yeah. You know how they used to do their harmony lines? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was cool. probably the first thing I worked out by you, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's exciting, yeah, it, that stuff sticks with you, hey, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Do you remember your first guitar? Yes, it was, uh, um, well, the first thing I had was an acoustic hand-me-down. Mm-hmm. that my brother didn't sort of take on yeah so you know just mucked around with that and uh my first electric guitar was this um i think it was a japanese guitar azumi oh, okay yeah yeah have you ever heard of azumi i've seen a couple and and you know it's funny <laughs> like the reason i bought it because i don't i didn't know what i was buying at that time you know? yep. um the reason i bought it it was red it had a a, a tremolo bar on it Yep. And it had two black humbuckers, and it reminded me of Steve Vai's guitar in um, Crossroads, the movie. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, so <laughs> that's why I picked that guitar. That's great. You know, so, yeah, it wasn't playability. It was just, oh, yeah, that looks cool. That's that's sort of what Vi plays, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And um, uh, do you have an amp? I guess you must plug it into something. Yeah, um, a little 10-watt uh, Gorilla amp. Oh, classic. That I used to turn to 10 just so it can distort as much as possible, yep. you know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you end up doing bands and stuff like that? When were you moving into performing? Um, I started I started gigging when I was 17. Okay. And that sort of, that came through, um, you know, back then it's, it, it was different to how it is now. You know, everything's on the internet. Um, you know, back then you'd go to your local music store and there was a community, you know, you'd hang out there and, mm-hmm. and meet other musicians. And that's how I um, scored my first gig, like in a covers band. Okay. You know, because there was, you know, lessons going on in the building and, yep. you know, you'd hang out in the music store and I met a drummer there and he got me into his covers band and, yeah, it went on for, from there. Yeah, really. cool, yeah. cool. What was the store? What was your local hang? Um, Hurstful Guitar Factory. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was one before that. There was another one called, oh, I was on Forest Road in Bexley, uh, St. George Music. Okay. Actually, I did work experience at St. George Music. Nice. But, um, yeah, those two stores were, um, were the hang stores, mm-hmm. but you know, St. George Music doesn't exist anymore now. So they shut down. Sure. And Guitar Factory shut down as well. They have yeah. as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Something. Yep. You, yeah. You've ended up becoming one of the, the busiest and um, most well-regarded sidemen in in Australia. You've played with people like Jess Malboy, Tina Arena, um, Adam Brand, Ronan Keating. I'm just naming a few. There's a lot more. How, yeah. How'd you end up there? What's What's been the key for you being sol- solidly booked as a guitar player? I think along the way you meet, you know, just – how I met, you know, the, the musos for the first covers band, you know, um, it's like you, you cross paths with different musicians mm-hmm. and they end up in other gigs and, and uh, you know, they refer you on to, if they score a bigger gig, you know, and the position comes up, they refer you on, you know, it's, it's a lot of that, I think. And, yeah. and that's, uh, you know, as your career goes on, the steps go up, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Uh, with the the gigs, you know, and I sort of I didn't see a lot of it coming, you know. I thought I was going to be in an originals band, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, but at the same time, I was into all the session guys, you know, like yep. Michael Landau and Steve Luca and all that, you know. Okay, cool. Um, I love that whole scene as well. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, it didn't see it really coming like that yeah i think as i mean as as kids a lot of us think you know you see a band on stage and you just assume that's all those people do so you 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 think you know maybe i'll be in one band and that's it that's your whole thing but um the reality of working is that you're going to play with a lot of people and to play full-time like you are it's um yeah it takes a lot of gigs and a lot of sessions and a lot of hard work and skill to uh to make a full-time go of it yeah, and I think you have to do that, not be um, closed to, you know, you be open to anything that's going to come your way pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. in this industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, unless you're like a solid artist, like, you know, you've got your thing, you know. But I, you know, I was young. I I didn't really, I, was, I just wanted to play, you know. 
So as um, as it went on, I did get I did have an originals uh, band, mm-hmm. and um, that was um, it was a pretty good band. It was just I don't know. It's different to how it is today. Like now, I can you know when I when I write music, I I, I can hear the finished product pretty much. Yeah. You know. Whereas back then you just question everything, you know, and um, and it was me and another guy in the band that was sort of getting things done, and we didn't really have a sound, you know, but we were a good band, good bunch of musos, and you know, so you know, I couldn't see that sort of being a solid thing. Like I still wasn't ready to sort of um, create, you know. I think um, it, that's why it probably went down the sideman sort okay. of route, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me about working on TV as a guitar player, because you, you've done um, seasons on The Voice and Australian Idol. How's that different from your average kind of session? Well, there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. uh, on TV, you know, on live TV. Yeah, um, I bet. And also those types of shows, you, you don't really have much time to prepare. Okay. You know, you, you, you're getting songs like last minute, pretty much. Wow. You know? um, and it has changed. Like it's a lot, it's a lot better now. Like I, you know, with the voice, you you get your music um, to look through. It's just a, a, a big workload, but you know, um, you do get your music to look through. You know, a, a weeks in advance, or you know, as the show goes on, it becomes the day before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um but when you know in the idle days it wasn't like that. You didn't have a um you basically turned up and they handed you the music. Okay. And and it was um yeah, it was on. Go wow. for it. <laughs> wow. That is a lot of pressure so that, when you not only have to pull it off but it's on on live TV as well. Yeah, on those <laughs> days I just felt oh man, I was just stressed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think the voice was a bit easier, but okay. you know, um, but idle. I was really stressed. Yeah, and and it would come that <laughs> Sunday, we'd do the live show, and then after it, I would re- I'd go out and reward myself with an awesome dinner and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, the easy, <laughs> the easiest thing is just difficult, you know. Yeah, like you yeah. really, um, your your focus is like. When it kicks in, it's just a hundred percent. Like yeah, there's yeah. nothing go- like there shouldn't be anything else going on in your yeah. head, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, because you just know if you screw up, you you know you're screwing the singer pretty much, you know. Right. And I had this attitude. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I see other guys, they do it with ease, you know. But I I, I put pressure on myself. Like if I stuff this up, this determines my next job. You know, okay. you know what I mean? Like sure. it's. It's a bit. It gets, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm learning as I'm getting older to sort of chill out a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just I guess the nature of your job is that um, you're self-employed and you're looking for another gig. You're you're building your career at a gig at a time, I guess. Yeah, totally. You know, there's always that. You, that never, um, like, you just. That, that, that's the industry. Like you don't know, you know, being self-employed, it, mm-hmm. you don't know where your next job is going to come. It could yeah. be, you know, um, you could have work going on, and then you look ahead, and it's like, oh no, what's going to happen? You know, things always pop up, but mm-hmm. 
there's always that stress like oh is that it <laughs> you know <laughs> am i done yeah you know yeah um, I mean, that's why I totally respect guys like yourself and, and Mike Dolce, Pete, Pete Northcote, who are um, not only incredible players that, that you all are, but you, you've made a career of it. You're not just rocking up on the weekend. So you're really putting it on the line. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think guys like that, like, um, you don't really have any other options. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's this, like, I know, like, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Yeah. You know, no matter what the money. Yeah. You know, um so I give myself no other option like I'm going into this and I'm going to, you know, hopefully gigs will come, you know, yeah. um and just keep at it. Yeah, cool. You know, um Yeah, I think the the I don't know what the saying is, but there's some saying about um you know, not having a plan B. You shouldn't have a plan yeah, B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, you've just thrown yourself in, and but man, yeah, it's, it's obviously working. It. You've you've built an amazing career, and it's it's going from strength to strength. So man, hats off to you. Uh, thanks, thanks. Now you've you've managed to um, speaking about the original stuff. Well, you've actually kind of come full circle, I guess, because you've just put together a fantastic new EP, and you've uh, released a couple of songs off it already. Congratulations, man! It sounds fantastic. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. It's been fun. You know, um, finally finishing something, you know, and uh, and, and not sort of cringing <laughs> when you hear it, you know. Well, it's interesting you say, you know, about knowing what you want to hear in the finished product, whereas perhaps, you know, some years back you, you weren't entirely sure. I guess all your sessions um, and gigs with a variety of artists maybe informs a bit of that as well. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I guess um, all the knowledge that's um, built up, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to, you know, where things, how to uh, find the things you want to hear, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Cool. I can't even, I can't, I can't, I couldn't really explain it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you, um, you know what you want to hear though. So, you know, when you're finished yeah. on the tune or you know it's what's like, left. Um, it, yeah. It's like you visualize it. Like, it, you know, um, you've got an acoustic guitar and, and a melody, you know? Yeah. And it's like you can visualize the the finished um, product, you know, all the colors, you know. Yeah, awesome. Is that your process for writing? It's like acoustic guitar and singing melodies? Yeah, I try to, um, basically it's, um, a, yeah, guitar and, I, like, I try to just build a foundation, um, chords and melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if I've got that, I can come up with an arrangement and then from there, you know, once I get in the studio, then I start thinking about actual parts and, okay. you know, um, yeah, you know, putting in all the colours, you know. Yeah. But I think I think that's the key, uh, basically coming up with a, if you can sing a song, uh, you know, with some, you know, your, your progressions, the, the foundation of your song, you know, you can't go wrong, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's when you start searching. Um, you're, you're with a computer and you're playing a drum groove and you're just searching for something. You hope, yeah, you know, sure. there is. I guess everyone's got their way, but that's that seems a bit blind. You know what I mean? Like uh, going, you don't know what you really want to hear. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas hearing a chord and creating a melody and how it sort of sounds with the chord, and, you know. Absolutely. Uh, fair basic thing, you know. <laughs> 
So when did the process start for you for these these five tracks? When did the writing process start? Um, it was a fair while ago. Uh, I think about oh, probably about four years ago. Okay. I think. Um, and it was through the the way it started was um, my mate Eddie Edward said he's he's um, produced the stuff up with me. Okay, cool. You know, we've recorded at his studio, uh, King's X Music okay. in King's Cross. Fantastic. Um, and he basically came to me and said, hey, um, there's a pitch for some a watch ad in the States, and they want a song that sort of sounds like the Black Keys vibe and, you know, and we were having pizza just hanging out across the road from the studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, do you reckon you can come up with something? And I was sort of cocky, you know. I, I was like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> let's go, you know. So we went up to the studio and, and basically uh, the song Let It Go yep. came about in about half an hour, with, you know, it was done. Wow, you know? that's amazing. Um, and then we just, rec you know, recorded the parts, put down the vocal, you know, came together really quick. And, th and that was you know, the first sign for me, oh, I, I can actually do this. I can finish a song and I'm happy with how it sounds. You yeah, know? that's awesome. Um, yeah. That's such a cool riff in the in the chorus of that tune. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of, um, I guess um, it's 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 got power chords, but it's sort of Hendrixy, you know. Yeah, right. The, the way it rolls around. Yeah, know, it's got a pressure. swagger. Yeah. Five tracks. We're speaking in February 2018. Five tracks. Yeah. You've released two singles already, so four for you, and it's knocking at my door. The second single, I think. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Uh, and what's the plan for the other three tracks? Will you release them as singles, or will you do a combined release at some stage? Well, I might do one more single, mm -hmm. and then um, and then I'll release it as an EP. Um, you know, five track EP. Okay, cool. So just to sort of get in people's faces, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. St stagger it, you know. Yep. Um, in, you know, in the, with the algorithms that are going on now on Facebook, you know, it's like, it's really <laughs> hard. You know, you're still in a bubble, it seems, you know. Sure. You're not yep. really reaching as many people as you think, you know. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's tricky knowing how to get stuff out. I think a song at a time, at least you're, you're kind of, Spreading out the, the the time, the duration of it, and giving more people a chance to catch yeah. it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, probably at some stage in the future, I 
probably should hire someone to sort of market it properly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, either a publicist or, you know, sure. someone who knows what they're doing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's guesswork. Yeah. Hey, the single knocking on my door. Great, great tune, man. I love the strat tones in the verses. What, what guitars are you playing on that track? So that's all, um, that's my cream strat. It's a hardtail. Okay. I've, yeah. I've had, that's the guitar that's been with me all along. It's, it's gone on like all my gigs. Like it's been all over the place, that thing. Awesome. Um, what, what is it? Talk us through what. It's a, it's, it's an 83 um, strat. Yep. Um, hardtail. So there's no tremolo on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the strings sort of, it's like a telly. The strings come through the back yep. of the yep. body. Nice. Um, and I've got a Charles Cilia humbucker in it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, actually, no. The Charles Cilia is in my gold strap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the humbucker is a um, 59 Seymour Duncan. Okay, cool. And the, and the single calls to uh, Area 67's Damasio. Oh, cool. Are they like the noiseless kind of vintage yeah. things? Yeah. But they sound really nice. Like... Um, like, you know, over the years, I've used the HS3s and HS2s. Yeah. And they sort of, um, they're, you know, the fourth and second positions don't sound right, you okay. know, on those pickups. Um, whereas these, they managed to get that out of face thing and and they're nice and woody sounding, you know. Um, they capture that Strat vibe with no yeah, noise. Cool. I can't hack the noise. Like, I really love the sound of those vintage style pickups, but... Mm-hmm. I can't do the buzz. It just kills me. Yeah, you know? sure. But again, for your sessions, yeah. I guess that, that becomes all the more obvious if, if you're single. Yeah, you can't so. be in a studio and, and yeah. that going on. Gotcha. Engineers crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's your 83. Is it otherwise stock? Yeah, and I've um, it's been refretted about four times. I wow. think it's got like, I've put, you know, the big jumbo frets on it. Yep, yep. I took the lacquer off the, um, off the, neck yeah so it's sort of like a dry finish it's got a seal on it but it's 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 a dry feel you know okay yeah cool yeah that's that's certainly good the guitar i most see you with um it is super cool and vibey yeah so that's um that's the guitar that's mostly used on on the ep okay What about amps? Are you are you miking up or using some sort of modelling? Yeah, I um basically it's all the Marshall. Yeah, yep. On on the EP, uh, it's a fifty watt plexi. Great. And um and I used a cabinet that's got um old um greenback Celestian heritage Celestians. You okay. know, the the old greenbacks. They're yeah, thirty yeah, watts cool. speaker. They're not the twenty fives. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was speaker wise, and nice. and I was like, 
I think if I did it all again, you know, I'm getting way better sounds now. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way, you know. But um, I was using a, a a tube screamer as well. Yeah. With a Marshall to yeah, try classic. gain it up even more. You yeah, know? awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the solo in that gets a little shreddy. It sounds like you're, you're pushing the Marshall some, somewhere there. Yeah, and, um, you know, the other thing was, I was like, for the rhythm guitars, I was trying to get it to um, be a bit tighter sounding. So, so I was sort of, I was doing the wrong thing, really. But it, overall, the, the recording uh, sounds warm, you know. But um, I was basically trying to get gainy sounds for rhythm guitars mm -hmm. with a tube screamer, which is like... <laughs> pretty wrong like you know i was trying to get rid of that mid hump yeah. by taking the mids way out in on the amp okay and then adding so the mids were on zero yeah. <laughs> and i was and i was pushing the tube screen to throw it so bringing them back it's just there. laziness it's, uh, <laughs> you know in the moment you know <laughs> Oh man, I um, I don't know. I love the tones. I mean, I mean, you're you're listening to them. Fine tooth comb. Um, yeah. But I love it. I, my notes. I'm writing super present. The the guitars are super present on the whole record. I, I loved what you ended up doing with it. Yeah, Eddie's done a good job too. Like we worked okay. a lot um, on that. You know, just EQing and just everything. We we went for it. He yeah. put up with me. You know, <laughs> I was really finicky about everything. Okay. Um, oh man, it sounds yeah. like it paid off. Knocking at my door again, just to stay on that tune for a moment. I mean, the the overdubs are super thoughtful. You've you've obviously um, you've planned them out well. Um, not only the playing, but the tones, so they all kind of sit well. You know, I, I was thinking about that this afternoon um, with with the EP. I, I was thinking, you know, I didn't really. Th there's not much improvising on the whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I I wanted to create. Like, because when I first wrote the songs, I had no solos in mind. Okay. And um, I'd put them together and I played them to my mate. Um, do you know Richie Vez? Have you met Richie? Oh, again, know the name. I don't, don't think I've met him. He, he, plays, he plays bass in, um, in Diesel. In oh, Mark okay. Lazotte's okay, band. awesome. And uh, I played him the tracks because we, we had a band together. Okay. Uh, Richie and I. Um and I played him the tracks, and he's like, oh, it sounds good, man, you know. And he goes, where's your bloody solos? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I know you as the guitar player, like, he, you know, does that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, and then I went away. I was like, God, he's right. <laughs> okay, I, re I have to rearrange, you know. And the, and so the solos were the same thing. Like, the, the thought that went into the songs, Okay. I did the same for the solos. Like, yeah, cool. You know. They've got to be a, another part of the song, you know. They've got to say, they have to say something, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was the approach, really. Like everything's pretty worked out in okay, that way, yeah. you know. Cool. Yeah. Man, I'm glad you added the solos. That's that was good advice. Thanks, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's just the guitar nerd though of me coming out. But um, yeah, man, great. Oh, I'm the great same. Place. I'm the same. Like I was just. I don't know where I, I, I was listening to Foo Fighters a lot, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know I was in that sort of mode. But really, I'm a, I'm a guitar head. I, you know, uh, it's like you know part of the like the best the players I listen to mostly are, are song players. Yeah. You know, like uh, Luca. The you know he's not 
he plays on songs and you wait for those solos in the middle and it yeah, kills you, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Dan Huff's the same, you know, I, and, you know, from, I come from that really, you know, it would have been stupid of me to sort of leave it all out. Sure. Sure. But man, yeah, great yeah. parts that you've stuck in. Um, don't you turn back. Love that tune. That's a, an epic sort of anthem going on there. You get a little bit more um, ear candy on that song. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's the closer. So it's, it's like huge, you know, it's a big thing and it's, and there's some nice movement throughout the track, you know, um, with the changes that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking uh, that the, uh, the solos that, some Lydian mode going on there, quite a yeah. tasty sound there. I There's a bit it. of the Steve I uh, <laughs> thing coming in, you know. But you know, it's funny. Like, it probably goes for this generation of guitar players. You know, we all grew up on that, you know, Vi and Satriani, and and you know, and going back to Richie Blackmore, and it, you know, it just it comes a stage where it just comes out. You know, it's part of your DNA. You know, yeah. from listening. Yeah. It's not like I I played that solo trying to rip off particular Vi things. It just they're just things you've heard in the, you know and influenced you in the past. You know certain colours. Yeah. You know the Lydian thing and all that. You know with the and the sliding around the neck. You know on the mm-hmm. one string and you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I heard the mode. I, I don't know if I heard any other guitar players. I think. I think it's uh, it's it's obviously soaked in deep to you. So by the time it came out, there's plenty of plenty of Chris Kim's Ellis on it. Oh yeah, everyone's got their stamp. I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, there's there's certain modes that guitar players have you know have sort of made theirs. You know, like uh, you know, Steve Vai's like the Lydian sort of vibe. You know, um, who else? Uh, like John Mayer's got that major seven thing going yeah, on, you know. Yeah, sure, sure, yep. Um, yeah, so you can't help it, you know. It, it comes out in some way. It's just a in the pre-chorus and uh, there's some trippy delays on the front and the, and the back of the tune too that that was some cool um, textures yeah the, uh, the phaser in the pre-chorus 
that's that um, phase uh, phase ninety. Okay, classic. Going on there. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't. It was all done in you know while um, tracking. Yeah, yeah, laid it down. Much nice. Yeah, and the delay thing at the end. That's like for the. It's sort of because it's such an epic song. It fades out, like it closes the EP. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, so that's what I was trying to sort of get there. You know, when you when you listen to your favorite albums and you it gets to the last song and you're sort of um, you, you're so lost in it. You know, it's like med- you know you're meditating. You know, and it, the last track just takes you out and then you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I was that's trying cool. to create there. You know? That's awesome. Um, that goes for people that sort of. Uh, you, you know, from our generation that listen to albums start to finish. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Loved it. What would you use for the delay? Was that was that um, live as well? Um, oh, that was tape? that was in the studio. Okay. Um, we just grabbed a part of the song and and you know used a plug-in. Yeah, cool. Uh, like an analog style um, delay, and just turned the feedback right up. Yeah, nice. You know? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you you played your your eighty three straight. Any other guitars get a run? Like your, the gold one. That's the other one. I guess yeah, the, I see you with a fair bit. The gold one did, uh, and maybe my Les Paul. Um, just on some really thick power chords. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nice. Uh, but it was basically the the cream strap. Yeah. And yeah, the gold one here and there. But the gold one sounds a bit brighter. Okay. So I would have used it probably for like, um, you know, sort of that spankier sort of sound. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. What, what's what's the deal with that one? What what year is that? Or what it's not. It's well, that's um, I pieced that together from all different pieces. Like no, it's not one sort of guitar. Okay. Like the neck came from a mate of mine um, who sold me his Strat, and I, I really like this neck. And the body is um, the body came from a '50s classic players um, Strat. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. I I I I think I don't know. I got rid of the neck and I, I put this rosewood neck on it and uh, and put Charles's pickup humbucker in the bridge and two Damasios Area 67s in it. It's like pieces from everywhere. Yeah, you know? right, cool. And it's just ended up being a really nice guitar. Yeah, it certainly really cool as well mm. I think I've seen you playing a, a Strat too which ha- has like a um, the output jack on the side is that a is that a Charvel or something it looks like a Strat that's but... the cr- that's the cream one that, oh okay that's been modded yeah because oh, when the okay. 83 okay. when the 83 came out um, that particular model yeah the jack was on the scratch plate okay facing yep. straight out like it it wasn't even that, um, you know how on strats they've got that metal uh, angle sort yeah, of the, the classic jack input. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this this was straight on the um, pickguard. Oh, okay, so this is all right. So, this so is, you, um, you'd have to use a right angle lead, you know, right yeah. or else it looks silly. It's just know? really not cool. No. Yeah, so whoever had that guitar before I owned it um, okay. did the mod. Oh, they cool. put the input underneath. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think yeah. Okay, it's coming back to me. Early '80s Strats. Um, I think it was the Fullerton factory when um, yeah, one of the cost-cutting me- measures before mm. 
before it got bought out again was um yeah like i think just the two pots a hey, volume tone and yeah 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 there you go <laughs> but it's uh it's ended up a nice guitar you know I, yeah. I think it was the it was the neck that sort of i remember picking it up in the store and going wow this neck feels easy you know the, okay. the board at that time a yeah. lot of the strats were traditional they the you know the curve in the fretboard you okay. know yeah. um this this was flat flatter ah, than cool. your your traditional strat yeah so um yeah i think that's what sort of caught my eye first you know yeah nice so with these tunes is there any chance of you pulling together um like a band to play some shows in support of the ep uh maybe later this year mm -hmm. i'd you know um it's i'd have to sort of really prepare for it like to um you know, to be able to sing all those tunes, I really thrashed my voice on those recordings. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it would be fun. I I, I sometimes play um, Fall for You at gigs. Okay, cool. Um, when I've got the, you know, when when it's um Dario, you know Dario Bortolin. Yeah, yeah, great, great bass from Baby Animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we gig a lot together, and great. my mate uh, Fab Amadei. When it's them on the gig, I you know I might rip it out and you know yeah great give it a go very cool yeah but um yeah I should I should look at you know getting something together yeah. and getting out there would be a lot of fun yeah it'd be awesome I'm sure it'd be really well received as well yeah yeah that's always nerve wracking too is anyone <laughs> going to turn up <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I don't know in the guitar community you you're well known and loved and I think it's um it's always exciting when 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 a guy of your stature puts out a solo album, because we find out, I guess, where your heart is, and you know, you end up. We want to know what what the stuff you really want to play is after seeing you on a whole heap of gigs. So yeah, it's good to see your. Um... Yeah, it would be. I I could picture myself doing it, like in the way of, uh, you know, it would, and making a uh, sort of a set out of it, you know, um, where I sort of, ex you know, extend stuff, you know, like you rearrange songs and you know. To stretch out a bit more, you know. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, it'd be fun. Nice, very cool. And man, what, what's the rest of the year look like? Um, apart from getting your EP out, which is obviously going to be the highlight and and a very exciting time. Got any other gigs coming up? We we should know. Um, about. what have I got coming up? Uh, there's, oh, it's all it's all different. Mm -hmm. It's always changing. Yeah, sure. Um, I I get to play with a lot of the um 80s artists um in this show called uh absolute 80s oh, okay absolutely yeah, yeah. 80s it's you know it sort of swaps around it's like um the singers from the bands like uh, big crash opera kids in the kitchen wow i name a good friend of mine paul gray oh, okay yeah yeah um, cool. uh who else it's brian mannix from uncanny x-men Awesome. Sean from the models. Yeah. Uh, who else is in it? Um, Dave Sterry from Real Life. You know, like it, you get to play with all these classic tunes. That that'd be a lot of fun, by the sounds of things. Yeah. So that um, there's I've been booked for. It looks like they're doing another Jimi Hendrix. Um, Jimi Hendrix gig. Okay. I think. Great. For the guitar festival, maybe I shouldn't be. Um, I. I <laughs> I don't know whether I'm allowed to be. Okay. Know, 
<laughs> sort of spilling the beans. Sure. But um, yeah, that's you know the next guitar festival, Sydney Guitar Festival that comes around. Yeah, fantastic. They're, they're looking at doing a Hendrix. Okay. Uh, you know. Great night. man. Great. Very cool. Yeah. I saw you did a gig with um, is it Tank? Is that with um? Oh yeah, with Pete Northcote and and yeah. Randall. Yeah. Excellent. Man. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. We just sort of, uh, it just there's no rehearsal. You just yeah. get up, um, and play on each other's tunes. You know, we do a bunch of tunes and uh-huh. and make a lot of noise. And it's um put <laughs> together by Harry Bruce. Do you know Do you know Harry? I haven't met Harry, but I'm I'm aware of him for sure. Yeah. He's the yeah, bass player. He's a legend. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, so he puts that together, oh, and, cool. uh, and it's always always good playing with Peter and and uh, Randall. Yeah, great. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So Chris, what's the best way to, for people to hear your stuff and um, keep up to date with with everything that's going on with you? Okay, so it's up on um, it's up on iTunes. If you search me on iTunes, um, you'll find the two singles. Okay. Um, to download you, if you want to buy them. Yeah. Uh, it's also on Spotify. So um, you can stream it on Spotify as well. There's also a website coming, uh, which will be at chriscamsellis.com, but I haven't, it's not finished yet. Okay. So it'll be for people to go there and subscribe and, you know, for future things. That, oh, excellent. You know, I might get some solos transcribed and, you know, um, just offer them people, you know, whoever's yeah, interested. Man, that sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, cool. Well, let us know when it's up, and we'll we'll let the, our listeners know as well, so we can chase yeah, it up. Yeah, for sure. That sounds cool. For sure. Excellent. Well, I feel very lucky because I've heard all five tracks. You very generously sent me a pre-release <laughs> copy, so um, yeah, I'm super stoked for you, and I'm uh, yeah, can't wait for it to get released so everyone else can hear them too. So, man, congratulations! And, thanks, uh, man. Thanks so much for joining us on the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks for having me, man. All right, there you go, my conversation with Chris Camzelos. And man, not just an excellent guitar player and a brilliant musician, but very humble, very humble man and just passionate about making music. Love talking to people like that. Love having those guests on our show here. So yeah, check out Chris's stuff. He's on Facebook, he's on Instagram, and as he said, new website being developed. And uh, yeah, look out for that EP coming very soon. All right, thank you so much for joining me. Now, remember, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you're on iOS. If you use Android or some other device, you can get these episodes delivered to you via Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio. So subscribing is a very cool thing to do. Also, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We love to hear from you, love to get your feedback about the show. So drop us a line through there or email us at guitarspeakpodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Now, next week, we have got a massive show. It's an Australian triple header. It's actually a quadruple header. We've got Jimmy the Human Hocking from the Screaming Jets coming and talking to us. We've got Brooke McClymouth and Adam Eckersley, who've just released a great new album, uh, Brooke and Adam. And we talked to Ian Cook from VTrem Guitars. Now, Ian, very clever guy. He has designed and patented a new tremolo system. It's essentially a Floyd Rose-style double-locking trem. Um, but you can push down and you can push up. And in the center position, it, it almost functions like a hardtail. It's like a it's like a non-recessed Floyd, but you can still pull up on it. I went and had a play and talked to Ian, and it was very, very interesting, a very cool idea. So... 
All that stuff coming up next week in uh, the next episode of the Guitar Speak podcast. All right, I'm out of here. Thank you so much for joining me. My name's Matt Wakeling. We'll see you next time. Bye now.